Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer again, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How are you doing? Good. Where are you now? Oh, I'm in Los Angeles where mere minutes ago I was almost hit in the face by Lizzo doing jump ropes uh, for (laughs) her personal training in the hotel fitness center. So I'd say I'm really living that L.A. life and I love this triumphant return. I have so many questions. First of all, (laughs) why is Lizzo in L.A. at a hotel gym? I'm staying at like kind of a nicer hotel. It's for work and it's, you know, it's Mm. like a cool spot in West Hollywood. It's one of the like fitness centers where it's for people who are staying here. But also I think they have like personal trainers and it might be like a chain. So it actually is like a more private like fitness place to work out, I guess. So Uh I guess that's why she's here. Sure. (laughs) I don't know, but I'm certainly glad that I pushed off working out until the afternoon because I was graced by her presence. Yeah. My second question was, why the fuck are you in a gym while traveling? I would (laughs) never... I've I've never heard of anybody like actually using a hotel gym while they're on the road. But that's me and the lifestyle that I lead. Yeah. Well, sorry that I'm just like such a fitness girl now. I'm just I'm a fitness influencer all across the That's world. Um, it's also because in L.A. where you don't walk and you only take cars everywhere. Mm-hmm. If I don't work out, uh, my back will dissolve um, and I <laughs> and I will be in a lot of pain. So I have to move my body to some degree. And mm-hmm, I chose to do mm-hmm. that in the fitness gym at this hotel as did Lizzo. So I heard her cackle and it was, it really brought me so much joy. Anyway, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking. I did. Um, That was the first thing I asked was, how are you? And then you said, well, let's tell people where you are. So, (laughs) you know, you're welcome for asking. Just turn the tables on me. You leave me alone in New York all by myself, like Macaulay Culkin. (laughs) And I have no choice but to cry all day. (laughs) I did go on a date for the first time in a while. Oh, my gosh. I did debate wearing shorts. I was like, is it acceptable to wear shorts on a date? Yeah. When it's 90 degrees in New York City? When you've got thighs like yours, it's acceptable. (laughs) Uh, I didn't. I did wear pants. And shockingly, I didn't sweat. Huh. But mostly because I was running late, obviously. And I took an oob instead Mm. of taking the train. Uh, so I, I did get that sweet, sweet air conditioning. Speaking of sweating. Speaking of sweating, what's happening on today's episode? Okay, first, obviously, we're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I chat about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. But then after that, we're diving deep into one of the sexiest topics we have ever covered, a topic that we ourselves are almost always covered in sweat. Because everyone's Mm. like, oh, oh, I love summer. Bring on the heat, they say. But I'm over here drenched in my own juices and I'm sick of it. It's true. I am. We just started recording a mere five minutes ago and I can already feel the sweat forming (laughs) on my back and beneath my breasts. 
So mm. upper lip for me, always and forever. No, fortunately, I'm not an upper lip sweater. Oh, but God, you lucky bastard. Knock on wood. <laughs> and finally, we've got Becca Martinez and Jess Ambrose on the pod. Becca and Jess are the co-hosts of the podcast Chatty Broads, and they've got a lot to get off their chest, especially about Ryan Reynolds, Nick Cage, and Nutella. So a lot of hot takes coming in from the Chatty Broads themselves. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, scientists are baffled, which is always a promising way to start a story. Love that. Scientists are baffled by a strange unidentified illness that's killing hundreds of birds in multiple U.S. states. Birdwatch 2021. <laughs> it's Birdwatch 2021 again. And, but in this case, they're dead. Um, I don't know if that's better or worse. That's the, that's the double-edged sword that is hating birds. Because as yeah. much as I hate birds, I don't love the omen that is <laughs> dead birds across multiple states. Yeah, no, from a that's disease not good. that we cannot identify. I did walk past a dead bird recently and I Matt, did not like it. Matt, I was sitting in the hotel, like the hotel restaurant, which again, LA, a lot of things are outside. And there was like the pool and there was glass above the pool. And these three birds flew by. Two of them made it. One went directly into the glass, oh, fully no. on the floor. Everyone in the restaurant was like, oh, my God, we just witnessed death. <laughs> we told s- someone who works there. She goes to bring a box to like, I'm assuming, give it a respectful burial. Uh-huh. Um, and then it popped up <gasps> and just stood there for a while. But it was only moving its head. And we were like, oh, my God, this is wild. And then an, its bird friend flew back and was like, dude, what's going on? And the bird was like, I don't know. I can't move. And then the bird friend f- gave up on him and flew away. And then another 10 minutes pass and the and it flew right just like up a little bit onto a ledge. And then the bird friend came back and then the two of them flew away together. This was like a half hour saga and the whole restaurant was clapping when the yeah, birds flew away. You witnessed an entire Pixar film. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was you a really emotional way to start entire, my day. Yeah, <laughs> you saw the fall and rise of this bird. So I feel like this story, uh, this worst things first story is really going to hit hard. <sighs> Uh, yeah, no, I walked past my, the bird that I saw was already dead, unfortunately, lying on the ground, you know, or maybe, maybe it'll pop back up. We thought this other bird was dead. We thought it fully That's smashed true. I didn't itself really, to death. I didn't really poke him and find out for sure. Anyway, we're one sentence into this story. So there are reports from Indiana, Kentucky, Maryland, Ohio, Virginia, and West Virginia. Who knew that those were two different states? Uh, and Washington, D.C., they've come in uh, of birds with swollen and crusty eyes mm. and neurological symptoms like seizures and loss of balance. Oh, so no. did your bird exhibit swollen, crusty eyes? Um, I'm pretty sure it just exhibited having flown at full speed into glass and then um, sure. fallen. So I think that's what it exhibited. Well, maybe he didn't see the glass. <laughs> because he had swollen, crusty eyes. Or because they had just used Windex on it. Or, this is a or Windex that. commercial now. <laughs> yeah, I just, the idea of a crusty eye, maybe he was sleeping for a long time. Okay, you never know with these birds. It does they just do sound like someone who, you know, just got up from a very deep sleep. Right. Your eyes are all swollen. You get a little crusty. It's pretty dry in a lot of these places. Mm-hmm. You just never know. Anyway, no. So one biologist was like, we don't know what this shit is, but it seems like it's killing all of these birds. It's pretty deadly. They don't really get over it. One wildlife rescue person said that they've been getting uh, a steady stream of birds coming in uh, since the middle of April and that initially they tried to treat all of these birds, but they just went downhill. They died no matter what. And now they just are starting to put down the birds. Just they're, they're just like, we can't. These birds oh, are done. No. Sorry, you have the weird bird disease. So whatever authority works on bird diseases, probably not the CDC. 
but who knows? These authorities are like, okay, here's how you prevent the spread of bird diseases. Don't feed birds, idiots, because then you'll they'll all congregate in one place and pass their bird diseases on to one another. Mm. Okay, you're just you're just you're having bird spring break. Every time that you throw breadcrumbs out, you're just encouraging all these birds to get together and go birds gone wild. <laughs> Clean your bird feeders and your bird baths. Never with a once 10% thought about doing that. Bleach solution. Better yet, don't have anything that attracts a fucking bird to your house. I don't understand a bird feeder. That's going to be devastating to my parents. A hummingbird feeder, I'll allow. Those are nice. Because that's just, that's basically like a fairy. <laughs> they also said keep your pets away from sick or dead birds, obviously. Don't let your don't let your dog go run around and, you know, play with play with the bird carcass. Mm. They also said don't handle sick or dead birds yourself. Um, but if you have to use disposable gloves. I mean, here's the thing. We had to literally remind people last year to wash their fucking hands. So <laughs> I feel like if, if the, a bird disease wanted to wipe us out, we're kind of ripe for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're not even out of the pandemic yet dude <laughs> yeah um love talking about a weird unidentified disease not at all triggering anyway next nasa is just launching a bunch of baby squid into space i just, really don't just appreciate to see what this. happens like why why do that why put anything in space is my first question yeah i do love this kind of genre of science experiment where it's just like i don't know let's just let's just launch these animals into space and see what happens remember that monkey that went to space didn't yeah. they, they shot a dog into space they sure did is he dead I mean, at this point, definitely. I mean, yeah, there's no way that dog. I mean, he's dead inside for sure. You don't want to experience <laughs> going through space without knowing what the fuck is going on. I know. And then come back. Like, I at mean, least I, humans know what's happening. I took Putty on a plane a couple of times and like he like sat and like was looking out the window as we were taking off. And I was like, I, I don't under, I don't know what's going through his head right now. Either his mind is absolutely being blown or he's just like sitting yeah it's so confusing why they do this they're also launching jeff bezos into space so that's another you can keep experiment. Him there. it's fine <laughs> i mean that's a different experiment because it is like okay well how how will this how will space affect a human squid hybrid so we're kind of mm. getting the answers to both questions yeah do you think it actually is that like he wants an aquarium up there and he was like well, i don't want to bring it why don't you guys just like shoot some into space and then like I'll hang out with them when I'm up there. I mean, if I was the richest man in the world, yeah, I'd be like, fuck it. You know how rich people have like aquarium walls in their yes. houses? Guess what? I'm I'm building aquarium space now. The, the sky is my wall. Anyway, so these were baby Hawaiian bobtail squid. They were uh -huh. blasted into space as part of a SpaceX resupply mission to the International Space Station, which as far as I know, so this headline said it was NASA, but now these, I don't know, does NASA like work with SpaceX? Because yeah, SpaceX so. is like the crazy Tesla man. Yeah. Whose yeah. name I it's won't Elon. say because oh. I'm afraid if I say it too many times, he'll appear. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, fuck it. I Frankly, it's like... I. What happens in space is, it's kind of like, we got enough problems here. Do you know what I mean? It's like, can we, can we solve our own squid problems before we start sending them out into space? I just what don't have this head. I don't have the energy to think about anything that's happening beyond this atmosphere. Hard agree. And when you think about Squidward, like Squidward wouldn't want to go into space. I don't think these little guys would either. No, I mean, he had the option plenty of times. Sandy's rocket was right there. <laughs> But he didn't. Mm -mm. Frankly, uh, once again, we must say we know less about the deep ocean than we do about space. So I feel like we should be answering questions at home first before we start go poking around outside. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when my mom was like, you have to clean your room before you can go out and play. So that's kind of my my attitude about space policy. In case you're worried, the, the squid will be coming back to Earth on in July if they make it. And finally, this story, I don't know. Basically, this man in South Carolina uh, called the police and he was like, my new girlfriend 
assaulted me over s'mores. Oh. Yeah. The police got called because this couple was fighting and they said that the fight started over s'mores. Was it because it was a fight over what type of marshmallow was better? If it's letting it get like blackened and Mm -hmm. blowing out the fire or if it's more of a golden roasting situation? Yeah, here's my controversial. I'll, I would love to have this story in, if only to talk about my feelings about s'mores. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the thing. I feel like this story is really just about how s'mores are not, not a good treat. S'mores do not work as a food, and I will say it proudly, even if it means this man's girlfriend beats me up. <laughs> I feel like... <sighs> First of all, there's too much work involved in guessing how hot fire is. I don't know (laughs) how close or far I should be holding the marshmallow and then how quickly the flame catches on. Uh, Mm -hmm. Before you know it, you've charred the outside. The inside is still soft. There's a perfect temperature for roasting a marshmallow, toasting a marshmallow, and you can never get it. It's impossible. Right. And then... You're still kind of just chomping into a block of chocolate and graham cracker. It's That's like my, not easy yeah. to eat. That's my biggest issue is that the chocolate should be melty. You yes. know, it should be melty. All of the all the flavors of a s'more is great. I love a deconstructed s'more type of Sunday situation. Chocolate, exactly. marshmallow and graham cracker. Great flavor cream. of combos. Yes. But when you have it in the actual like camping sense of it, it's extremely messy. Mm-hmm. it's too hot and then the chocolate's too cold and hard. And then the graham cracker, the chances of you being able to get the graham cracker out in one piece when you're snapping it, it's impossible. It's always going to be crumpled into at least three pieces by the time you just try to put it on the marshmallow and hope that the stickiness is just going to like glue it together. But you know what? It won't. No, s'mores are impossible. Yeah. And now I can like feel my stomach. Ra- I really want dessert. <laughs> I I mean, the funniest part of the story is that they'd been dating for two weeks, but living together the entire time, according to this report, which just doesn't make sense. (laughs) This is like a sitcom. They're like just dating and moved in together. Anyway, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want to hear and see even more stories that were brutally cut from this week's episode, you can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash MapLSI. Next, put on some deodorant because we're diving deep into these sweaty pits. You're welcome. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Guess what? It's summertime, at least here in the hemisphere that we're in, which means what? The fish are jumping, the cotton is high, and also my sweat glands are working overtime. This body is wet. And yeah, that's right. I'm We're bitching about sweat. Once again, I feel like we do. I just feel deep down like we do a deep dive about sweating every three weeks. Maybe it's because it's constantly on my mind. Well, Uh, yeah, because it's constantly on your body. And we have definitely talked about sweat before, but we have not dedicated an entire deep dive to this very near and dear topic. Yeah. And you know what? Until scientists, they buck up and start solving this issue... And stop my body from secreting moistness like a swamp creature. You're all going to have to hear about it. Frankly, it's ridiculous that science can come up with the vaccine for the coronavirus in a year. You can pool your resources. You can make miracles happen. But you still have not invented a pill that just stops me from sweating altogether. Make it make sense. You know how much I pay for that? I fucking got the vaccine for free. I pay thousands of dollars for a pill. So I'm just saying it's something it makes market sense. And I know they know how to do it. I know they know how to do it. There is demand. All we need is the supply. Yeah, But you know who's stopping it? You know, big deodorant is out here putting the money behind making sure that we're still sweaty. 
And also, I guess... Arm and hammer. Dove. Our body technically needs to sweat, but still, fuck off. There's no... Dogs don't sweat. Dogs just pant. I'd rather pant. I would so much rather pant. Anyway, let's bitch about sweat. Because, yeah, apparently this is the first full deep dive we've done about sweating. So let's get into it first. It's just impossible to be in a good mood while you're sweating. Impossible. No person has ever been in a good mood while dripping with sweat. Okay? Unless you're, like, you know, performing. Kind of like... No. Even then... All of your energy, all of your bodily energy and your mental energy is totally controlled by the sweat. So you don't even have room in your brain to think about being happy because all you can think about is the fact that you're sweating everywhere. Yeah. My point being, I just I cannot imagine many situations, if any, in which a person is in a good mood from sweating. Perhaps I can think of one situation in which you're doing physical activity with one or more partners and you're in a good mood. <laughs> but even then, I'm like, I could do with less sweat, yeah. frankly. Do you think that Fergie was happy being on stage while her crotch was sweating to the point that people thought that she had peed herself? No, no absolutely not. And frankly, everyone is like, oh, you sweat from the armpits. But guess what? There are other places that you sweat from and we don't talk about it enough, which I'm sure we'll be covering later on in this deep dive. Exactly. Next, swamp ass. Why? Why must it happen? Uh, The indignity of having to go into a restroom and use toilet paper just to wipe sweat away. I will say, we did talk about this in an advertisement for Hello Tushy, (laughs) but like, Hello Tushy has actually helped with this issue. Yeah. It it has it has made it less demoralizing, you know, to be able to to clean that away with some spray of water instead of, you know, just hundreds of paper towels. Yeah. I mean, I feel perfectly comfortable acknowledging just because both of us are huge fans of Hello Tushy in our everyday lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. I I often think about like, I mean, this is this is really just an open ended discussion at this point. But I often think about um, (laughs) what the type of underwear I'm wearing, like the material, whether that contributes to it, whether it's too breathable or not breathable enough. Because, yeah, I do. I will say perhaps, you know, I've just matured as a person, but I feel like swamp ass has become less of an issue in my in my mature life. But maybe I'm not okay. doing enough to sweat down there. Maybe I need to try a little harder. Yeah, I, I definitely definitely underwear material is part of it. I don't know if if Nike makes any sort of anti wicking underwear, but if not, here's a great idea, guys: make some wicking underwear. Yeah, you know? actually, that's another good point. Because what the fuck is anti wicking? Where are you wicking this stuff? <laughs> And I'm wearing this garment that supposedly has this magical anti-wicking technology, which frankly should be in all items of clothing. It's it's Amen. In, indescribable why. I mean, yeah, I, I don't even understand what the point of anti-wicking is. Is the point that... Sorry, we keep saying anti-wicking, but I think it is just wicking. It's anti-sweat, right? Anti-moisture wicking. It, it wicks the sweat away. Whatever. Right, the point right. is, where the fuck does it go? Is Or is know. it that it is wicking it away from your skin and absorbing it into the material of the shirt? But then the material still is dry. It makes no sense. It is witchcraft is what it is. It's actually, it's called wicking because it's actually made by Wiccans. Sure. Clever. I know. Thank you. But one solve, one very sad solve to the underwear problem is... Changing our underwear multiple times a day during this during the summer. It's <laughs> I I that perhaps is a sign that I am wearing the correct material and that I don't have this issue. Uh, perhaps as much as I did when I was younger. I don't know what's changed, but I I very rarely am changing my underwear midday. Must be nice. Next. My least favorite thing about summer slash sweaty season is the fact that I sometimes by sometimes I mean often have to take two showers a day. See, I am a morning shower person, generally. Same. 
Although Same. lately I'm I'm like an afternoon shower person. Well, that's because that's your morning. <laughs> exactly. But I'm like showers what you do to wake up in the morning and to get things going. A lot of people are shower before bed type of people, which is, you know, mm-hmm. you spend your day in filth and then you choose that one, you know, hour at night to get ready before you go into sheets for eight hours. Right, right always fucks me up to really think about how much time we spend sleeping Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that's for another day but here's the thing that fucks me up is that i don't like how much i sweat in bed which is why (laughs) i'm generally against taking a shower at night because i'm like all i'm gonna do is get into bed and then sweat for eight hours and then wake up just (laughs) as oily and gross as i went to sleep also ridiculous that i sweat while i sleep i looked this up on webmd and it did tell me i was dying but the point is uh because you're not supposed to sweat when you're just lying prone for the night um but given my lifestyle and diet choices my body secretes while i sleep i mean same it depends on the day but like there's definitely i'll say this when we change the sheets, there is a mark where I sleep uh-huh. and none where Alex sleeps. And that, my friends, is painful to me in my soul. Nothing is more humiliating to me than when I have to get up. This is this this is truly an encapsulation of what it feels like to be 30 is when I have to get up in the middle of the night to pee and then I have to adjust uh-huh. where I sl- get back into bed because of the wet spot <laughs> that I've left yes. from my sweat. Yes. It's just two humiliations in one. The getting up to pee (laughs) and then the realizing how much I was sweating. And finally, sweat stains. Mm. I would almost be less angry at sweating if it, it, it was just kind of quietly happening underneath my clothes. But the fact that it has right. to announce itself to the public, <laughs> just like a hungry newsboy. Extra, extra. Look at my wet pits. That's what it says. Especially when it's like, it's it's look at my wet pits while they are wet. But also look at how I once had wet pits Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it also changes the color of your shirt. And that is really offensive and rude. And like, why would you do this to me, body? All I have done is take care of you. Not really. I've actually done a lot to harm you, but also to take care of you. Yeah, that is the other thing. It's like, I don't like that I can draw a direct connection between something that I ate or drank and to how much I'm sweating. (laughs) Like, I can tell the moment it kicks in in the morning when I have my coffee and I start sweating. And it's like, come on, man. (laughs) Just be cool. But yeah, I feel like... I would almost like it even, I would mind it less if my sweat spots took the form that it takes in like the movies, you know, where where Uh it's like you got the sweat stain around the chest and you got the sweat stain around the pits. No, mine is just spots wherever they decide to pop up. When I'm Mm -hmm. walking down the street and some of these clothes, H&M, I'll name (laughs) names. Some of these clothes are just like, we're going to design clothes so that they show every drop of sweat the most glaring way we can. It's going. Wait, do you remember American Apparel used to make shirts that oh. would be like it, it would change colors with the heat of your body? But really what that ended up doing was just like it was really dark around your armpits and like under your boobs. And it was like this was a this was a prank. Anyway, the point is sweating is fucking awful. My sweat stains are never in the right place. They're never just normal looking. Sweating is bad and it should stop. Sweating, if you're listening, please heed my concerns and give up. Anyway, that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Becca and Jess from Chatty Broads on the pod right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. 
My guest complainers today are co-hosts of the wickedly popular podcast, Chatty Broads. Welcome to the pod, Hello. Jess Ambrose and Becca Martinez. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thanks for joining. So we like to get our complaining juices going by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Mm, we gave you lots and of I options love- in the email. <laughs> Yeah, you sent a bunch of options. I figure we could do like one now, uh, one each, and then um, talk more, and then we can get to the rest of them. Perfect. Sounds fantastic. Becca, would you like to dive in? I can't even remember what I sent now. Now that now that we're saying it, I have like lots of things that I hate. So, you know, uh-huh. it's like the, the mean, list yeah. is endless we're, on yeah, any given day. You're not restricted just to the list. Should I start with the least controversial or the most controversial? <laughs> um, why don't we start with least and then we can, you know, work our way up. We, okay. don't, we don't want to shock everybody too quickly. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start with Ryan Reynolds then. Um, okay. <laughs> Bold that that is the least controversial. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to start with Ryan Reynolds. And Ryan Reynolds just has this whole thing on the internet where, you know, it's like... We we have talked about this. I hate that I'm a relatable person kind of bullshit. And I'm just like, stop trying to be funny. Stop responding to everyone. Get off fucking Twitter. Like, you're an actor. Can't you just, like, live your life at Nobu in peace? And, like, I don't want to see you on Uh the internet trying to be funny and snarky and relatable Mm -hmm. and just, like, a funny dad. I hate that. (laughs) I, like, hard agree. I do... I mean, it's hard because, like, honestly, he could do whatever he wanted to me and I would be fine with it. And, you know, that is my toxic trait. But... I do I do very much agree with the the whole like oh I'm like super hot but I'm so relatable and I like you know make jokes and it's like no you have to pick stay in your lane you can't be both exactly I mean it, it, it's true I mean I do I love some Ryan Reynolds don't get me wrong I am a little bit of a sucker for his face um <laughs> but yeah when when I'm like I know I can't relate to you you are so wealthy you live a completely different life than 99.999% of the world okay mm-hmm. so do let you can just be that guy just be that guy and to, it's all good to me he's the male Chrissy Teigen and you know <laughs> I say that not about him like bullying people to um uh-huh. unalive themselves on the internet but more in the sense of just like I'm gonna clap back <laughs> and I'm just like no right right delete yeah like, it's, a, it's a it's a type of kind of personality that is very much of Twitter and Yeah, it can be exhausting. So, um, okay. So we have Ryan Reynolds. I mean, I'll just hop in then with, if we're going to be talking about actors, I'll talk about mine. And mine is Nicolas Cage. And I know that Becca says not everybody loves Nicolas Cage, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't know how many people I've gone toe to toe with. I don't know how many bars I've been in where I go, I don't like Nicolas Cage and people might as well be flipping tables and like throwing (laughs) drinks in my face. Yeah, this one perplexed me when I saw you email it. I'm like, do people love Nicolas Cage? I get such extreme reactions about Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I think every once in a while I'll meet someone who's like, oh my God, I can't stand Nick Cage either. But in general, people get hot, hot, hot. Uh, they do not They do not like me coming for Nick Cage. It's literally like he is the national treasure and they just do, do not want to deal with me having a problem with him. <laughs> I almost feel like people are defensive of Nick Cage because so many people hate him, though. Perhaps, but the people I've encountered, I'd have to disagree with you in my, in my specific existence I I don't and I, I do maybe I come in very passionately about my distaste because everyone always has the same response to me everybody mm-hmm. always goes well you know there's been a few movies that didn't pan out well but like Raising Arizona I'm like listen mm-hmm. Raising Arizona, fantastic movie. Do I think it would have been better with a different actor? Absolutely. (laughs) So that's always my thing with Nick Cage. I'm like, he got in the biz because of his family. It's a family business. He got in. And I feel like, exactly. I feel like his parts would be cast so much better with different actors. And I just, I just, I don't believe him. I think he's a terrible actor. Terrible. Just pulling no punches. No, <laughs> we are we're going all out on Nick Cage. Um, I'm coming for I him. I do forget that he's a Coppola. Yeah. Yes, I mean, and that's not lost on me. That's not lost on me, Matt, at all. Because Nepotism. 
the nepotism might seem real, you know, because uh-huh, there's uh-huh. been sometimes when, you know, I watch him uh, in a dialogue with another fantastic actor or actress. I'm just like, I don't understand why, <laughs> <laughs> how this ended up happening. Like, how did this make it to the mm. screens? Yeah, I I mean, I think I don't have any particularly strong uh, opinions about Nicolas Cage, but I will say it, it was like my natural defenses did go up. Me too. I was like, there's <laughs> something. Like, whoa, you feel protective <laughs> yeah. of him. You're like, whoa, you don't got to go that hard people, on Nick. People right. love to protect Nick Cage. If there's just mm-hmm. something, it's part of like a trait of living in the US of A that like, even if you don't love him as an actor, you must protect him. You know why? Yeah. I feel defensive of him because I feel like I feel like he has unashamedly done really shitty movies and like shitty parts. And mm-hmm. I've, I sort of feel this knee jerk reaction to like protect him. Like he just puts it all out there. I think he said at some point like that he would never say no to any movie mm-hmm. just cause like he loves <laughs> to act so much. Like I think he literally said that. And I'm like, there's something I respect about that is that he's just willing to put it all on the line just to, just cause he loves being in movies. And honest, I would respect that massively if when I talked about him being an atrocious actor, people would agree with me. But because they get defensive, (laughs) I feel more passionate about Nick Cage. Yeah, I I did see Moonstruck for the first time in the last year. I think Moonstruck was like a movie that a lot of people kind of came to in the last year if they hadn't seen it already. And he is shockingly hot in that movie i will say yes he you know he he is attractive in that movie mm-hmm. it's just <laughs> i don't know it's the it's the 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 vocal tones i'm very auditory and i just can't roll <laughs> he I'm does like, do this like talk half out of half of his mouth yeah which i sometimes harrison ford does too and i live for that and i'm mm. just a full harrison ford simp but with nick cage when it happens i just i can't do it i just want to see someone else on my screen <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, it's probably just a certain generation that were like, you know, we were raised on national treasure and and, and stealing the Declaration of Independence was <laughs> is part of part of our culture. Of course, of course. So it's and difficult. I- it is difficult to hear. But you know what? I appreciate <laughs> that you are not afraid to go hard uh, for, today, for a controversial answer. Yeah. Today, I declare I am honest with the world about my distaste for Mr. Cage. Sorry, Nick. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've gotten a taste of sort of uh, just in the first 10 minutes, what what your podcast is like. Yeah. Um, but for for listeners of this podcast who might not uh, have heard yours yet, give me give me the the lowdown. Well, we talk a lot about The Bachelor. Um, uh-huh. I was on The Bachelor, so naturally I have lots of opinions about The Bachelor. So we do recaps of every episode of pretty much every season, but we have a lot of other episodes in the downtime, and we do two episodes a week. And so when we're not talking about The Bachelor, we're usually talking about dating and uh-huh. motherhood and having random people on to talk about their niche experiences in the world and... I don't know. We just we just recorded an episode about weddings, mm-hmm. wedding sure. do's and don'ts. Yeah, we, we kind of just talk that. about what we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess wedding season is sort of um, picking back up. Like it is. You know, we got we got past the point of Zoom Zoom weddings, and Ugh. now everyone is kind of returning back to the normal shenanigan. Yes, yes. yes. So yeah. we we had to put out a, a please. You know, it was a lot of don't do what I did type Uh you know (laughs) commentary (laughs) please learn from my mistakes during my wedding yeah you also say i mean you you obviously cover a lot of bachelor nation stuff i i've also i'm like sort of peripherally aware of 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 bachelor nation sometimes i have to like give myself a bit i have to come up for air (laughs) and and take a deep breath and then dive back in yes understandably it's going down in the bachelor fandom though Uh, that that much i know yes it's been a wild roller coaster for the past couple months in general yeah 
have have we like recovered yet? Are we are we back into a, a steady stream of of? I think we're gonna get there. Yeah, I think we're gonna yeah. get there. I mean, there was some upheaval, right? You have COVID; they're not traveling. You have the host is getting canceled, and and you have new hosts, and you have leads not getting engaged to anyone. And and I think we're at the end of that period of time. Mm-hmm. I think the chaos was very 2020. I think we've got new year, new seasons coming. I'm remaining optimistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's good. Uh, and then, you know, famously, it, 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 I feel like there was some overlap into my my the world that I spend the most time in, which is homosexual world <laughs> when, <laughs> when um, Colton came out. And I was like, uh, okay, yes. you know, we yes. got we, we got our entry point here. Yes. Uh, and yeah. we're still, you know, hopefully, you know, there's some there's some shifts that are happening in uh, Bachelor Nation, hopefully as far as production go is going knock on wood. Um, I mean, we've been talking for years like we would love to be able to see like a queer bachelor. Like, I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is hopes. And I know um, was it New Zealand just had their first uh, queer bachelorette who just started. I believe uh-huh. it might have been New Zealand. I might be off on that. But, you know, hoping that maybe we're going to move forward in the Bachelor world. <laughs> yeah, I still think um, a queer Bachelor season w- would probably be a hot mess. That's what um, I think. I think it would implode upon itself. You'd have people <laughs> that would be running away with each other, hooking up. It would turn into this wild VH1 like yeah. shit immediately. I think it would absolutely set back the the, the gay rights movement <laughs> many decades. Um, I do think, yeah, there was a show on on Logo that was called like Finding Prince Charming, and um, it, it it was the attempt at the Gay Bachelor, and it was it did was it not go well? Devastating. Oh no! no. Oh no! It was even the concept, the setup was so weird because it was like there was a bunch of like you know. Uh, attractive gays and then they had the kind of main bachelor the prince charming who was just like a slightly hotter right i was gonna say you really gotta make sure that they're like eons above the crowd like to stand out otherwise what's the incentive here or it has to be a full-blown celebrity right 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 but oh my god that's so funny (laughs) but it was yeah i I mean the the, like the kind of like climax of the season was when someone just full-blown like spit on another person which was very much like okay we're just kind of like really digging at the bottom here (laughs) oh no i feel like if i was a member of the of the queer community i would be like you know what you straights can have the bachelor. We don't need to be a part of this franchise. Actually, feel free to leave me out. Leave us and our community out of this. It's really okay. You've got enough shit going on. Exactly. I I kind of feel firmly in that camp where I'm like, you know what? The Bachelor, I very much enjoy it as a, a hit of heterosexual nonsense. And I'll I'll watch it and enjoy it for that. True, true. Oh, but man. us gays will embarrass ourselves in other ways for sure. <laughs> Um, okay, so so I've been listening to um, some episodes from your podcast. I know uh, some some alien shit has come up recently. Uh, Jess, you talked about um, if aliens were were to come here, that you you would start an open relationship with an alien. Yes, absolutely. I just don't, you know, everyone's talking about their fear of aliens and I just mm-hmm. don't understand how we've never thought about that aliens might be so hot. And I don't, <laughs> I mean, why, why do we always have this specific image of an alien? Like I would really enjoy having a, um, romantic experience a sensual mm-hmm. experience perhaps consensually with a being that is now coming down to earth and i feel like my partner would have to just be understanding you'd be like listen i get this this is maybe a maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity so you know go for it here's my thought how would you know what you're consenting to that's a very mm. good point we communication is key and I'm not 100% sure what that would necessarily look like these are good points to think about that I will have in preparation before you know my future boyfriend arrives on this planet Mm. yeah I mean nobody said this would be easy we're dealing in some gray area right it's a lot of gray area Um, you know also I've seen a meme floating around recently about uh, someone with their future alien boyfriend and the human was getting rejected by 
inside the alien and I was like this is also something I hadn't really processed yet that <sighs> now I might also be in in the future rejected by extraterrestrials as well as random people at a bar so that's great for people's self-esteem <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a nice way I, to start to think about I it I tend to agree <laughs> I I think like I already have enough competition uh, yeah I already have enough you know to to make me feel bad about myself I don't <laughs> yeah. need to compete now with someone else exactly. Jess is like I am ready I fully consented this experience the aliens like I do not want to yeah. have sex with you <laughs> the aliens like please that's stop a, talking to me that's a no for me you've been talking my ear off the whole time you're fangirling over me I feel embarrassed for you <laughs> and this is something we hadn't thought about before yeah. you know when we're talking about aliens where our fear of aliens is that somehow they might hurt us but maybe somehow they're just going to be hotter than us and us humans will just have way more competition and feel more insecure <laughs> Yeah, no, I can't deal with that. I can't even mm -hmm. fathom it. I'm no. having a difficult enough time as it is just yeah. kind of reacclimating into society mm. after the last year yes. <laughs> with just humanity. So the post COVID conversations are tricky enough. Uh, add in right. hot aliens. It's just going to be a little bit more challenging. Yeah, I I loved uh, when you two were talking about just kind of like small talk and and the perils of getting trapped in a conversation with someone. <sighs> like going out, you sort of have to mentally prepare now for. I know I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna get stuck talking to someone, and especially as like podcaster, like you know, oh god, we're good at at kind of keeping a conversation going even when it should be dead. Oh god, yeah, and then of course you you resort. To to the really the really horrible conversation topic when there's a lull and you go so like Pfizer or Moderna like did you have any side effects <laughs> and in your head you're just like oh my god like could I not have just bit the bullet and like made some sort of exit and walked away no instead I had to oh Johnson and Johnson I really wanted that one one and done you know <laughs> lucky I was hoping I could get it but you know they pulled it out for three weeks and so I had to go with the Moderna I was I got fever for like three days <sighs> Yeah, I think we should we should cut it out entirely and just go straight for like the the real hard stuff. Oh, like, absolutely. You know. So has Tell your relationship your <laughs> with your parents crumbled yeah. because you have different political views this year? <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, good for you. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. I guess I'll just take an exit now. <laughs> yeah, I go back and forth because I do, I do know like gay gay dating. Um, I there is some version of a conversation that happens on every first date that is basically like, so do your parents hate you? <laughs> Where it's like it kind of does get very real very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> in a not in a totally fun, casual, not traumatic way that is under the surface, deeply traumatic. <laughs> um yeah, it's always a slippery slope when you're when you're like, so Let's talk about your. How family. do you bring it up? Are you just like so? Like when did like do you ask like someone when they came out? Like how does that come up organically? Um, I don't think it does, or if it does uh, happen organically, I have not learned how to do it. Um, you know, I'm famously a comedian, not because I have great social skills. So you can uh, you can imagine, but yeah, I would say. I tend to skirt around it. And then if they happen to volunteer anything that that indicates one way or another, we can we can dive into that. But yeah, I learned my lesson early on when when I started asking, like, you know, the first time someone was like, my dad died, I was like, OK, we're just not going to bring up. <laughs> like, it's just this is going to be off the table for the first yeah, couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the best. I keep it real casual. Keep it real casual. Listen, with the with the COVID conversations, the post COVID, I was out the other day and I all of a sudden there was like a lull in the conversation and I got so anxious and all of a sudden was experiencing all of the social anxiety like out of nowhere that I pulled up on my phone my notes app my notes were our most recent pop culture episode so I was just like uh -huh. so what are your thoughts on JLo and Ben getting back together? <laughs> Some quick, some quick topic points. Quick, uh, we had a quick yeah. pop culture things we should just go over. You know, just a, a tip for any listeners that if you're feeling socially awkward post COVID, just in your notes app, have a few conversation starters. Yeah, that go, can get on, the go room on Yahoo talking. News and yes. see what's up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Have a couple of monologue jokes. Yes. Just in your back pocket. Yes. <laughs> a couple of transitions. Exactly. Oh my god.
now can I bring up like one of the other things that I wrote down that I that I hated? That's yeah, really let's get it. Let's get into like, some of the others. I've kind of been chomping at the bit for this one. The thing that I hate that everyone else seems to love. We're gonna say it. It's <laughs> stopping to pet other people's dogs in public. Uh -huh. <laughs> and the reason I bring this up is because I feel like I've gone on dates before where I almost feel obligated, like out of some sort of sense of responsibility. And if shame. I am like, with a guy to like, if I see a cute dog and you know, he's like, oh my God, what a cute dog. And I'm like, I guess I have to get down on my knees and like pet this dog that I don't know. And like, what do they have fleas? And when was the last time they're bathed? And I don't fucking care. And uh -huh. I just hate that. And then I wonder, I'm like, are, is everyone else just pretending to be interested in these dogs these, they don't know? Because dogs that I don't know are to me sort of like babies that I don't know. It's like, yes, they're cute. And maybe I'll walk past and like smile. But I don't want to stop and ask to hold your baby. I don't want to stop to ask to pet your dog. I don't fucking care because it's not my dog. It's not my baby. Why would I stop right. and waste my precious time like talking in a stupid baby voice to this <laughs> random pet? Right. I, I hard agree. Thank you. <laughs> Dogs and babies, frankly, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I do. I sometimes feel like I'm emotionally dead when I'm in public <laughs> where I'm like, I feel bad for not having the reaction that you want me to have for your dog or baby. But like, I just, I don't care. Yeah. It's sort of like casually passing. Like if I'm at a museum and I see like a painting or something, it's like, all right, <laughs> mm. I see it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there. I acknowledge it. <laughs> Just keep your eye at the skyline. It. Just skyline always. I'm not going to look down at the dogs <laughs> and the babies. We're just good. <laughs> you smile. You nod. Oh, it's so cute. You move on swiftly. Yeah. Um, okay. Some other items that we, that you both had on your lists. Nutella. Nutella is just weird. Like, I've tried it and I'm just like, this is, it's just not Good. What do I fucking want to fucking eat Nutella on? Like <laughs> toast? No, I just want butter. I don't want Nutella on it. What 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 else would I uh -huh. eat it with? Why? It's not good. Hazelnut? Hazelnut is like a strong flavor that I'm not I'm not always on board with. Like I'll I have to be in the mood. Yeah, like I'll have it in a cookie. Like I'll have like a hazelnut cookie with like a, maybe like a if it if there was like a uh, a sandwich cookie that had a little layer of Nutella in it, sure, but like my siblings used to like eat spoonfuls of Nutella out of the jar. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you fools? I, yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. I was raised by a bunch of Swiss Germans who would put Nutella on anything they could get their hands on. Like anytime you'd be like, you want some seasoning? They'd be like, just slap some Nutella on it. And I so once, on what? Like, tell me, yeah, tell me what the best things are. I to mean, it was with. typically always any sort of fruit or bread. Okay. Um, but I will tell you that most of the time I just ate it out of the jar. And once during one of my college finals, I bought a jar of Nutella and I ate the entire thing. Yes. And I woke up the next morning. And when I tell you I was top to bottom covered in zits, like top to bottom, <laughs> my body was just like, bitch, that was too much Nutella. <laughs> too much yeah that is that is um disgusting yeah, no it was it was it was one of those things that i like you know it's almost like waking up next to someone that you're like oh fuck why yeah i returned over and there's an empty jar of nutella by like my, my books and i'm just like i can oh, like feel the God. aftertaste in your mouth after you've like eaten too much sugary things like i can just it's tangible yeah. to me and oh yeah my mouth was like an open wound <laughs> no the the nutella on its own i think is what is offensive to me yeah. but yeah, you know, like a, a Nutella in like a baked situation, like a baked good on a croissant. Yeah, in a in a crepe. Yeah, perhaps. yeah. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Nutella crepe, I will accept. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, sadly, we're out of time, but you both were amazing. Where can people find you both and and your work? Well, you can check out Chatty Brows with Becca and Jess, our podcast, um, anywhere that podcasts are streaming, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Play. We also have a YouTube channel where we drop all of the the visual portion of the podcasts um, and Chatty Broads. at Chatty Broads on Instagram. Um, and then mine is at The Bad Mom with two Ds. And uh, I'm at Becca, B-E-K-A-H. Got that down. single name. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> 
Well, thank you both so much. I wish we could, you know, keep talking forever, but I'll let you go. Lovely, Matt. Um, yeah, Matt, we can us. talk with you forever about things that we hate. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> Truly, we could always keep going, but um, thank you. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. This week, I wanted to highlight a couple of things, because guess what? It's still Pride Month. I know. It's like, when will these gays just get over it, okay? it's It's been going on forever. Uh, But we're still in Pride Month, even though you could support all of these things all year round. Speaking as a homosexual myself, in fact, I encourage it. We've talked about this before, but there are a whole bunch of anti-trans legislation that are going through a whole bunch of states right now. And the ACLU has a tracker so you can see which states are passing what or trying to pass what. And then you can get more aggressive, obviously, if it's happening in your state. Um, so it's a great tracker just to see what kind of shit they're pulling in each of these states uh, to try to keep trans people from participating in sports, to try to legislate trans people out of bathrooms, to try to stop trans people from getting the health care that they need. So uh, it's it's important, obviously, to keep a track on all of this in the ACLU is doing a great job at it. And then the other thing is this great big group of black trans groups that are all kind of aggregated into uh, this donation fund that you can give money to. So it's one of those funds on actblue.com and someone has done a lot of work to kind of put together all of these black trans groups. You can give a donation that splits among all of these groups, or you can pick and choose which ones you want to donate to. But they have a really great, I mean, it's, this is one of the most comprehensive lists of black trans organizations that uh, I've seen. So it's a great place to just have in your bookmarks to donate to. So Keep track of all of the shit that's going down, especially if it's in your state, and give some money if you can, and end happy pride. All right, let's get into the TV we're watching this week. Barry, what have you been watching? I started watching Mythic Quest, which oh. is on Apple TV. It's a workplace comedy about a place that makes role-playing video games. It's like Rob McElhinney and like a couple people from the It's Always Sunny universe who produce it and write it. And it's pretty fun. It's a delightful, fun show. So that is what I've been watching. Also, I'm just very, I you know, I, I flew a plane to get to L.A. And uh, mm-hmm. it was just very fun to be back with that uh, all that plane content. On my way back, I will be watching things on the plane, and I'm very excited about it. Okay. (laughs) What about you? What are you watching? I watched a show that you watched a while ago, Oh, The Comeback. I finally watched The Comeback. Oh, my God. Lisa Kudrow. I don't think we talked about how an entire running joke in the show is that her only award is a People's Choice Award. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, And it is very funny to watch that show and to see my People's Choice Award that is sitting right next to my television look exactly (laughs) the same as Valerie cherishes. Yeah. If you haven't seen the comeback is like a show within a show within a show. Basically it is incredible. Lisa Kudrow making a pretend behind the scenes show for uh, this character who used to be a sitcom star and is now kind of like a little bit washed up and it's just ridiculous. It's so cringy, but she's so good at it. (laughs) And it it came out a while ago and then they brought it back for Mm -hmm. another season and like it truly is just one of the best shows it's just hands down so good yeah it's also a very quick watch I like started it a few days ago and I already finished all of it I didn't even realize the second season was only like eight episodes yeah and I finished it this morning the last episode it it got me 
Anyway, um, what is your non-TV chaser? This trip going on a plane for the first time since February 2020. Uh, you know, being in LA, it's just been all the all the cliches of bright and sunny and full of smoothies and avocado toast, and it just brings me joy. Glad to be back here. <laughs> I'm coming back soon, so it's fine. You know, it's a short trip, but it's nice to be here. Beautiful. What about you? What is your non-TV chaser? My chaser is fucking squares of chocolate. Did I say before that my favorite snack was just eating a fistful of like chocolate chunks over the sink? I think it has been mentioned, but I I, I don't know if that was my chaser before. But yeah, I mean, I clearly need some type of dessert. I don't understand people who are able to like eat dinner and then not immediately have a, an entire dessert that oh yeah is, no i need i need that sweet sweet at the end yeah i i did forget that we ordered insomnia cookies and even though we had a pretty violent physical disagreement over <laughs> where to order dessert from <laughs> i'm a big fan let, let's let me retroactively say that my chaser is ordering dessert to be delivered Ooh. Okay. Because I, in the past week, so you were at my apartment before you left me for LA. We ordered insomnia cookies Mm -hmm. after a lengthy stone disagreement over where exactly (laughs) we should order from. Um, but let me tell you that one, that was one of the best cookies I've had in a long time. It was delicious. But I, yeah, I just love the luxury of having like a single dessert delivered. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. also not, not long before or after that, was it this week? I think it was this week I ordered a single piece of chocolate cake to my apartment. Unfortunately, that was not worth it because it was a bad piece of cake. <laughs> and that makes it, it does make the, 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 the kind of come down from it that much harder. Cause it's like, ugh. I just kind of because, of course, you do order one piece of cake and it's like twenty dollars after it's delivered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it it, yes. But it's like this is going to be the best piece of cake. And then when it's not, it is kind of disappointing. But there is something extremely luxurious about ordering a single dessert. I'm a big fan of it. And I do it quite often. And guess what? I don't regret a single second of it. Good. So get out there. Order yourself a single dessert. (laughs) And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, and obviously you do, you can head straight to my Patreon page where you'll get what? Video of bonus Worst Things First stories that are cut from each week's episode. Video of the full extended guest complainer interviews from each week's episode and a whole bunch of other stuff. You can also buy some merch at unhappyhourshop.com. And obviously, as always, you can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, wherever you get podcasts, hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Arlena Revelo, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansel Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. True to your heart. You must be true to your heart. Because when you're here to your heart. Uh, I can't believe Alite you didn't mention. Wait. Oh, my God. I forgot that it's back. <laughs> it oh, is. my God. Now I fuck watching something on the plane from the plane itself. I'm going to be. No, Alite is too intense to watch on a plane. Never mind.